Welcome to the Spotlight Series Podcast. I'm your host, Slick Sean. Man, I got the dopest gig in the world. I get to have conversations with entertainers and entrepreneurs and listen to their inspiring stories. You can stream the podcast at SpotlightSeries.net, watch on Roku TV, Facebook Watch, IGTV, and listen on all podcast platforms. In a world full of darkness, the spotlight is on you. What's good, world? This is Slick Sean, the host of Spotlight Series Podcast. We have an author, a speaker, and a tech expert. Welcome, Trina L. Martin, to the Spotlight Series Podcast. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for coming. We're so excited to talk to you about all the great things that you do. Oh, So, <laughs> first of all, where are you from? Well, I'm originally from Chicago. I currently reside in Houston, Texas. So, I've lived many places in between, but right now I'm in Houston. So how long have you been in Houston? Been in Houston for approximately 10 years now. 10 years. Houston, that that city is so huge. The funny thing is I've never even been to Houston. That's crazy, but I've definitely got to come because I see there's a whole lot of Black businesses and restaurants because I love to eat. So I see a lot of great businesses and restaurants there. Yeah, it's um, it's amazing. The black culture here, you could come and get you something to eat. And, uh, I, you know, of course, Chicago is my hometown. So I'm, I'm partial to Chicago you know, <laughs> with the food and everything. But Houston is Houston is not far behind. For sure. Yeah, Chicago is another place that I have not been. But I heard Chicago, the pizza, all this stuff is, is popping in Chicago. Yeah, you got to get past the pizza. Everybody says pizza when they hear about <laughs> Chicago, but we got so many other things. You know, you got to get you a, a Italian beef sandwich. That, oh, wow. Mean. Nice. So tell me about your, your upbringing. So you, a little bit of Chicago, a little bit of Houston. So uh, tell me about how you grew up and how life was growing up. Um, so I have a, a, a story that many probably will be surprised at, but I grew up in Chicago. I'm the youngest of four children. Uh, I had a verbally abusive mother growing up, and I always say she was a mother out of duty, not of love. So I got the brunt end of that because I was the last person at home. My siblings are fairly much older than me, so they were out doing what they could, you know, with their own lives. And that really affected me. It, it tore me down, um, low self-esteem. I didn't know my worth, but instead of me taking the path of something negative, it actually ended up fueling me to success, making me a type A, very driven to succeed person because my objective was to get away from my mother and to do well so that I never had to come back to her. So I ended up doing that, being the first person in my family, go to college, Alabama A&M, uh, went there ended up joining the military. I've just retired last November after 30 years of service. I was a Naval officer. So I have traveled the world. I've lived in many places. And um, yeah, that upbringing was very, it was very pivotal to me. It actually about 10 years ago, I ended up having to do really a lot of personal development and self work, work on that because I found that my childhood was creeping up and a lot of things that I did within my life, even though I was so um, successful professionally, personally, there was a lot of things that I had to deal with. So I had to do that, but um, it it fueled me to be who I am today. Yeah, and that's 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 the great thing about you know going through tough times is that 
a lot of times it either makes you or breaks you. And, and, you know, for the most part, it makes a lot of people, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm glad that, that you are the person that you are yes. and that it hasn't affected you uh, clearly because you're, you're right. doing so many great things. Thriving. <laughs> so um, are you a girl dad? You know, I've never knew my dad. I never knew my dad. It was just my mom. And um, I have a daughter and I don't know if she's a girl dad to say, cause you know, she's a lot like me as far as just personality wise. Um, so that was something I never had the joy of, of, of being or knowing, um, but I, I'm a mom. So that's, that's the most important thing to me right now. Yeah. I know um, uh, it's funny you say that because my dad, him and my mom, they separated, I want to say when I was two and I never really knew him either, you know, but I had an uncle who was instrumental in my life. And, you know, that was, that was really good for me as a young, you know, black male growing up to have a father figure. Oh yeah. It's, you know, it's funny because I never knew my dad, but I have two brothers who are, um, older brothers and, um, they thought they were my father, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, I have a girl and a boy and even though I'm not married anymore, they are close to their father. So I'm, I'm glad they have that relationship. Oh, perfect. So I heard you say that, that, um, you went to A&M. I'm actually from Huntsville and Atlanta. She's in Huntsville right now. Yeah. And uh, we both represent A&M, you know, yeah, so absolutely. That, when I saw that, I was like, what? So I saw that <laughs> yes. you you enlisted in the army and you put yourself through school. Is that what, yes. I, what I saw? Yes. You know, being the first one in my family to go to college, I self-financed. I had to pay for it on my own because, like I said, I had a verbally abusive mother, but she really wasn't able to do um to support me financially and then emotionally she didn't either, but I finished my first year at A&M. And as you both know, I was like, man, I need a way to continue on because my goal was I have to graduate. And I saw people who were in ROTC and started talking to them and they were saying, okay, I'm in ROTC, but I also do this reserve thing where I can get paid or whatever. So after my first year at A&M, I joined the army. And this was back in 1990. So I did that. And the story I tell is the recruiter, he gave me the, he gave me the the story, right? We've all heard the story about recruiters, but he was saying, oh, well, here's this, this job where you're going to get a $20,000 bonus. And of course I'm a poor college kid. And I'm like, wow, really? What is it? He was like, oh, it's, it's doing chemicals. And I took that as a chemist. I was like, oh, so I'll be a chemist in a lab and everything. He was like, yeah, mm mm-hmm. (laughs) <laughs> well, Desert Storm was going on at the time, and I was in uh, getting on the list, being the first one of the first people called to go because what I thought was chemistry ended up being nuclear biological chemicals. And we know back in that time with Saddam Hussein and, and Desert Storm, that's what we were fighting over. We thought he had chemical weapons. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is not what I signed up for. I didn't know this was what I was going to have to go through. And fortunately, at the last minute, I didn't have to go to war, but I did three years in the Army before transferring to the Navy. Nice. So I see that you're a speaker and also an author. So how long have you been writing? Oh, you know what? I published my book last year, last January. And, you know, it's something 
it's funny because I went back looking through some old journals and I saw that that was my goal to write a book. But mm-hmm. I didn't remember that at the time when I wrote the book. I wrote the book kind of as a um, a healing process for me. Like I said, I had done my self-work and I thought about, I said, you know, there's other people who probably have gone through some things that I've gone through because that upbringing that I had, even though I was successful, I ended up making a lot of mistakes in my life and in, in my personal life. And it stemmed from not knowing my worth and just settling and going for like men and relationships that I shouldn't have. Mm -hmm. And for a long time that weighed on me, I thought, well, you know, I've made so many bad mistakes and poor decisions that who would want me or, you know, I'm my past. And then I had to realize my past doesn't determine my future. So I wrote the book writing that to let people know what my journey was and what my outcome was, which is, okay, I turned that negative into a positive to succeed. And I wanted to let other people know that their past doesn't define them. And no, regardless of what mistakes you have made, you can still overcome. Yes. And um, I've wanted to write a book for many years, but I have never took the time to sit down and write the darn thing. <laughs> but I've wanted to, but I, I always, uh, I'm always inspired by uh, people that actually done that, you know, sat and wrote the book and, you know, what's the name of the book? So my book um, is titled From a Mess to Amazing, Seven Steps to Create the Life You Deserve. And you can pick up that book anywhere. But if you go to my website, you can purchase the book. And I also created a workbook to go along with that. So that's complimentary. So when you buy the book, you can just download that from my website. And what's the website? Um, www.trinalmartin.com. So my name. Got you. So y'all, y'all out there, y'all hear that. So if y'all want to go from a mess to amazing, mm-hmm. y'all make sure y'all go to that website and get that book. So how long have you been speaking? You know, if I add up all the years as far as being a naval officer and everything, I've been speaking probably about close to 20 something years. And this has just been my passion again, almost like writing a book. I always wanted to inspire people and, and speak. So I decided a few years ago to get a coach and start doing it professionally. And it's been the most rewarding thing that I have done. Yeah. How have uh, people in positions of authority impacted you? You know, and that's one of the things I, I speak on, but they've impacted me in a several different ways because of course you have people who are positive and then you have the people who are negative or the poor, the good leaders and the poor leaders. And they both have impacted me. The, the poor leaders have made me say, you know what? I don't want to be like that person. I want to do better. Or this is how I can change this environment or do better. And then the people who were positive, um, I ended up learning a lot and getting a lot of um, mentors. I had one gentleman who was my mentor, not you know, we didn't sit down and say, okay, you're going to be my mentor and that type of thing. But I ended up learning a lot from him and he ended up really being a good ally for me in a lot of situations. And that's something that growing up early in my career, I never knew about. And if I could tell anyone anything today is find someone who's a mentor and who can be your ally. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I joke with people that that I know throughout the entertainment uh, business about them being my mentor. Or I'm your mentee, but it's 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 important to have somebody that you look up to professionally and they inspire you. 
And, you know, speaking of that, what are some traits of a a powerful leader? You know, I, I always say the first thing I tell people is just being authentic and caring about other people because Normally people go into leadership and they think, oh, I got the position, I'm a leader, you know, <laughs> you know, you know, popping the collar, but that's not what being a leader is. A leader is an act of service. And I think if more people start looking at it that way, we'll have better leaders and more leaders who want to do better. So caring, generally caring about people. And, you know, I had to tell the story of how I had a job and the guy who was like my second line supervisor, he would see me every day and he would say, oh, hi, Trina, how you doing? How are your two boys? And I would say, I don't have two boys. And he would repeatedly do this. And then finally it dawned on me. I said, this guy don't care anything about me because if he did, he would know I don't have two boys and I wouldn't have to keep repeating it to him. So that really let me know whether someone is genuine and whether they care about you or not. And that's something simple is, you know, you may not know my children's name, but the fact that you're saying, how are my two boys when I have a boy and a girl, that's that's something that's, you know, that that's something you should know as a as a leader. And especially if you really care about your people. For sure. It's definitely telling when people don't know uh, details about you that they should or they just show you that, hey, you know, I'm not really invested in you, but what you can do for me. Right. And I see that you talk a lot about uh personal growth and development, what is the most important step for to be, you know, to have growth and to develop properly? The first step is your mindset. And I know we've all heard that, but I think we as humans and as people, and I know I did, I think we are harder on ourselves and we beat up on ourselves more than other people would. So we tell ourselves things like, you know, you're stupid. Why did you do that? You're, you're so stupid. I can't believe you did that again. And those are the things that really play on our mindset. And I think we need to start forgiving ourselves just like we will forgive someone else. You know, and I had to do it as well. You know, we are human. We make mistakes. We do things. But you shouldn't let that just totally deter you. And you start telling yourself, well, you know what? You you can't get that position. There's somebody else who's smarter than you. Or you can't write that book. Who would want to read that? We need to stop talking to ourselves like that. So we really need to change our mindset. And that's the first thing you need to do as far as personal development. Yeah, I I totally agree. I I feel like it definitely starts in the mind. Like if, if you've got your mind made up, then you can, you can do all sorts of things, but if you're defeated in your mind then (laughs) give it up, not going to happen. And um, I see that, that you've talked a lot about how people can, uh, you know, be better in life and things like that. But um, how can they how can they be better if they're doubtful? Like, what are some things that you can give people who have doubts about themselves? Um, well, again, you know, I, and I'm, I'm a big advocate of going to counseling and therapy. And I know um, for the longest time, it had the worst stigma of, oh, you're crazy. You're going to a therapist but you're really not. And sometimes you just need to talk to other people. You need to get someone who's not biased and who can give you an outside perspective so that you can clear those thoughts out of your mind. So you have to know that, you know, you can go somewhere for help. So don't sit in, in, in your own feelings and in your own way and let that, you know, a lot of times I say we let our circumstance define us. So we, we map out our whole life based on a one moment in time. 
And that is just something that we shouldn't do because today may not be a good day, but you don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. Yeah. And that's one thing that I like to talk to a lot of people about when we say, you know, black don't crack, but someone brought to my attention, I was at a seminar, a health and fitness uh, seminar, and they brought something to my attention, you know, that a lot of people don't think about black does crack from the inside out. So we don't take care of our body, our mind. Yeah, we'll crack, you know, from the inside out. And I, I do urge people, uh, my black people to seek counseling. And like you said, we think that a lot of times we think it's a weakness because, but that's, that's a strength, uh, knowing where you need help and trying to better yourself because of that. To me, that's there's no more strength than that. To me, it's weak if you just act like it's not there, you know? Oh yeah, you know, and for the longest time, especially in, in you know, the black community, we thought, oh my God, no, you, that's that's wrong. You, you know, you're weak. Oh, you just go to church and pray it away. Well, you can't pray everything away. You have to seek help. And that's why God gives you doctors and gives you the, the fortitude of mind to say, okay, I need some help. Because a lot of times we're dealing with things and we don't know who to turn to, who to talk to. And unfortunately, as a result, we have a lot of people with mental illness in this country and a lot of people in the black community that have it and who have never been treated or diagnosed because we keep it to ourselves because we think it's some form of shame for us to seek help. Yeah, and that's what I've noticed a lot of people that have been uh, killed by the police brutality. A lot of people have mental issues and they may not know exactly how to react in uh, uh, times of tension. And when people say defund the police, a lot of people think that uh, we're saying, you know, hey, stop the police, uh, put it into it. But no, uh, basically uh, defunding the police just means put money into social uh, workers possibly coming out for other issues or training them, you know, in other ways, you know, than to just act like you're, a, a, you know, a soldier at war. Right. So, yeah, we, we definitely need to... Um, do better, you know, as far as a community, you know, as far as our mind, we definitely need mm -hmm. to fix. Cause to think about it, like when you see all of these murders and injustices, it's, it, it's, it's tough, you know, it's tough on your mind. And I feel like we all need to go under some sort of counseling because of everything that we've been through just because we're black, you know? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, and it's, and it's sad to say, but those people who we've seen in the news who may have gotten killed and we find out they had mental illness or something wrong with them, it's a shame, but the people around them, their loved ones should have been helping them, should have said, you know what, you need to go seek help or I'm gonna take you for help. Don't just let that person, you know that they're off or something's wrong and you mm -hmm. just let them go about their way because no one should be killed because they have a mental illness. But when that's what happens when you are left untreated and no one cares about you, you know, it's, you know, it's very sad. And, and, and it's, it's ended up being a epidemic in this country where you see more people who have mental illnesses that are getting guns and shooting up people and, or being shot by the police or someone else. And it's all because the people around them who really know them are not taking that time to say, we need to get you some help there's something wrong, we need to get you help. Or if they have, have you been taking your medicine? 
-hmm. Have you been taking your medicine? Have you gone to check in with your doctor? Just things like that will help help people help themselves. And, you know, the people who have the mental illnesses, you know, I just can't believe that they're, you know, they wake up one day and say, oh, I'm going to go out and act crazy and be killed by the police. They don't know any better. So that's up to us as a community, us as family members to help them stay healthy. We, we all want to look good in our body, right? We all go to the gym. We want to eat right. We, you know, us ladies, we do things to take care of our hair and our skin. Well, your mind is the same way. You have to take care of that. So, so, so true. I want to segue into my favorite part of this conversation. So you're a tech expert? Oh, wow. <laughs> Come on, tell me about that. He's so I, excited. I call myself a techie, <laughs> but I, I feel like I would, I would, I don't even hold a candle to your, your tech skills. <laughs> Talk to us about this tech, this oh, tech my expertise. Well, for two decades, I was a computer programmer and I worked from for some major corporations, and I'm not going to do any name dropping, but I, you know, programmed their multi-million dollar systems and maintained them. So what I decided to do is take those skills that I had and work for myself. So now I do secure communication technologies for small and medium-sized businesses. And as we all know, this pandemic has made us do business in ways that we have never done it before. Hence, you know, we're all sitting here talking and we're all in three different locations. Well, the small and medium-sized businesses that don't have IT departments and don't have the money that they think they have to do business, I want to help them. And I want to help them communicate securely because we all know that hacking is a thing. And it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. So that's where my genius lies is to help people use those secure communication technology so that they can continue to operate their businesses and be productive and be profitable. Because if you're hacked or you lose your customers, you know, sensitive information, that could destroy you as a business. And when you talk about small and medium-sized businesses, they just don't know that. They either don't have someone that's the IT person or they're calling on their brother or their husband. There are people like that who, you know, can install a computer and they think, okay, that's my IT guy. Well, it goes beyond that. And you got to know what you need to have to actually continue to operate and operate in a secure manner. Yeah. So I'm gonna I'm gonna break it down in layman's terms, y'all. She worked mm. for the eight the CIA. Oh, okay then. <laughs> She's a CIA counterintelligence agent. I'm gonna just tell y'all what she just said now. <laughs> no name dropping. We ain't doing none of that. <laughs> that is something but you ain't gotta Goodness. say nothing we already know we already congratulations know. <laughs> thank you we appreciate you <laughs> so um i see i saw something about cyber intelligence analysis or yes. analyst yeah so that, that was for that three-letter agency okay <laughs> so oh. yes i've taken that experience along with all my other stuff <laughs> the alphabet gang that is oh, too wow <laughs> so what got you into tech and all that stuff you know it, i went to school and got my degree in computer science but mm -hmm. when i did it 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 wasn't like it is today you know we didn't have the internet or it was just coming on board and that was something that really intrigued me it was fascinating that i could sit and write a program to do whatever i want wanted the computer to do 
And I wanted to do that. And I wanted to be a Black woman who did that because even now, 30 years later, Black women are still underrepresented in tech. And, you know, we all saw the movie Hidden Figures where the women before me were in tech and doing this and not getting recognized. But I just thought that that was something amazing. And I didn't see anyone like me who did that. So that's what I wanted to do. And now, 30 years later, I look around and I'm thinking, okay, there's still not a lot of women and women of color who are in these positions. So again, I want to use my face, my voice, and my experience to help women of color, especially the young girls. So I'm talking about girls high school age to help them see that they are qualified and they belong in tech. And I wanna help them pursue those careers. And oftentimes when you don't see it and you don't have anyone who's an example for you, you don't think you can be it, but you can. And that's really what I want to do. I wanna help girls of color get into these tech careers so that they the next hidden figure movie we see, it could be from you know one of those girls being that person who helped whatever that is in the world that they can do. Yeah, and I I want to thank you, you know, commend you for what you do because that is that is very important. Absolutely. I have a sixteen year old daughter, and I would love for her to get into tech and stuff like that. So um, we're going to see. I'm working on her, you know. <laughs> <laughs> she actually lives in Alabama. She lives in Huntsville, uh, joint custody. So, um, you know, me and her are really close, you know. So I'm, I'm trying to, you know, steer her towards the techie side of things because she was wanting to she was wanting to be a rapper at one time because I, I rap and she was wanting to be a um, she was wanting to be a a uh, movie star at one time because mm-hmm. I've been acting. So I feel like kids just kind of look up to you. So I got to I gotta let her know more about my techie side so she can want to be like daddy. <laughs> yes, yes. Have her. She needs to be out there. The tech world needs her. She needs to get out there. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Do you have any words of encouragement or inspiration that you would give people trying to come up? And like you said, other young black ladies that want to be in tech, do you have any words of encouragement to give them? You know, my word of encouragement would be just do it. You are qualified. I don't care who you see. I know the the landscape doesn't look like you, but you belong. You're qualified and you're smart enough to do it. So don't ever think that you're inferior because you're not. That's great. And and also, did you have anything that you wanted to leave us with before you go? Any uh, last words? You know, my last word would be, you know, and I, and I have to go back to my book, but regardless of what your past may have been, don't make a permanent decision based off a temporary circumstance. So meaning your past doesn't define you, today you're not having a good day, don't think that your life is over because it's not. Keep going, keep striving, whatever it is that you want out of life, you can achieve it. So don't give up. So there y'all heard it. You can achieve if you just believe. I want everybody to follow Miss Martin at www.trinalmartin.com. And she's on IG, Facebook, and Indeed, looks like and YouTube, and Apple Podcasts. And before you go, talk to us about the podcast, because you got so much going on. Oh, my God. 
talk to us about the podcast. Oh my God. What do you, what do you do on the podcast? Oh my goodness. I, yeah, I do have a lot going on. I do. Are you reading it? My email is next level at Trina L Martin.com. Okay. Um, but my podcast is called Trina talk and I would like to have both you and Atlanta on. Cause I think this would be amazing. Are we coming? Yes. It's, um, it's motivational. It's inspiration. Um, I talk to leaders, business owners, um, people who have done amazing things in their life. And I've talked to people all over the world from Israel on down, but they just come in, they, they tell their story, they inspire people. And what I do that's different than others is I'm unscripted, but I also have people talk about some of their failures as well as their successes, because we all know that, you know, the happy moments, which I call it the Instagram life because everybody wants to put the Instagram life out, right? You know, mm-hmm. I'm living my best life. You know? <laughs> we always talk about that. <laughs> you know, we always we always do that, right? But really, you know, your failures are what are what help you propel to that success. So I love when I talk to people who are these million dollar business owners or these big CEOs, and and you know, I'm like, okay, well, you're there, but tell us what you did along the way that may have been a mistake or whatever. And people are so willing to talk about that because they know that if it had not been for those mistakes, they wouldn't got to where they are. So that's what we do on, on Trina talk. And it's just, it's empowering and it's, it's inspirational. And I just really love it. And I, and I, I know that the listeners get a lot out of it. Oh yes. Yeah. Me and Atlanta will definitely pull up to the Trina talk. I would love to. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, um, everybody, this has been uh, such a great show. Uh, I've enjoyed, you know, the knowledge that we've been soaking up mm-hmm. from Trina. And I just want to let you know, Trina, that in a world full of darkness, the spotlight is on you. Thank you so much. Thank and you. We for having out. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for watching Spotlight Series podcast. I'm your host, Slick Sean. You can follow on Facebook Spotlight Series Podcast on IG Spotlight.Series1. You can stream the podcast at SpotlightSeries.net. Watch on Roku TV, Facebook Watch, IGTV, and stream on all podcast listening platforms. In a world full of darkness, the spotlight is on you.